Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Sean Power Podcast. Before I start this week's episode, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast last week, everyone who liked it, shared it and sent uh, me messages as well. I think it was one of my most listened to podcasts, uh, the podcast with Zero last week where he covered um, some basic like Ayurvedic teachings. Um, he is studying to be an Ayurvedic practitioner and doctor after that, an Ayurvedic doctor. And um, he's only 15 years old. Um, it's hard to believe when you're listening to the podcast because he has such um, a deep knowledge of Ayurvedic food, Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic treatments, and also yoga um, and yoga philosophy as well. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, go back, listen to it, and um, hopefully you'll take something from it. He gives some good tips at the end as well on a morning routine. Um, and as always, if you want to get in contact with him, you can do it through the Pure Vida, P-U-R-A-V-E-D-A um, website. Um, or you can message me and I can get you in contact with him as well if you have any questions for him. So, on to this week's podcast. In this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about my yoga teacher training. So, for the last three weeks, I have been taking part in a yoga teacher training here in beautiful Costa Rica. So, I'm going to start at the beginning when we arrived, uh, I think it was the 15th of June, we left, um, we left the lovely rainy Ireland. I know it's sunny there at the moment, but um, I think it was cold enough and rainy when we left. Um, and now it's 30 degrees every day over here in Costa Rica. So when we got here, we arrived in San Jose, which is the capital of Costa Rica. We stayed in the capital for four days. Um, it is actually a beautiful city. It's a very unusual city because it's in the middle of the country. And there's no, um, there's no like river running through the city. So if anyone knows any other like major cities, any other capital cities in the world that there's not a river running through, then please let me know. Um, I thought it was very interesting. The story behind how San Jose was formed was there was cities on either side, like on the east and on the west, and they needed somewhere to meet in the middle to trade. So San Jose was created. San Jose was not always the capital. Before San Jose was the, was the capital, um, they had a very interesting system. So every four years, the capital of the country would change. So it might be in the west, the south, north, wherever, and it would change every four years. But one time it rolled round and the people didn't want to give back that, that title of the capital city. And thus, there was a civil war, um, there was some unrest in the, in the country, and San Jose won. And that's why San Jose is the capital. Um, and it's probably the most accessible from that trading point as well. If you have big cities on um, the south, on the north, on the east, west, then they need somewhere to meet in the middle. Um, it is a beautiful city. It's surrounded by some, some mountains. Um, the architecture is very nice there as well. We visited some museums. We went to the Columbian, pre-Columbian Gold Museum, which is very interesting. 
the best thing, and I, I recommend this if you're going to any capital city or any big city in the world, we took the free walking tour, and then you just you tip at the end. Um, so if they're not very good, then you don't tip much. But our guide, um, Carlos, he was brilliant. So we did tip very well. It was the best tour that we've done here so far. Um, maybe some of the ATV tours that I'll talk about later as well. But um, I did nearly die on them twice. So, um, <laughs> But city tour, I would re definitely recommend look up free walking tours in any major city that you go to. Um, they're always the best ones. Um, from San Jose, we traveled down the coast. We went to Montezuma. Um, there was a huge waterfall there, which was beautiful. We stayed there for a night. Um, we got like a ferry over. Um, public transportation is fairly easy in San Jose. It's not always the, mo the most reliable, um, but it is very cheap. Um, private buses are a bit more expensive. Some places you need to get um, a private bus to get out of, of the village or the town that you're in because the roads are so bad that the public buses don't go there. If you're on main roads, like around San Jose, um, or any like bigger towns, the roads are, are perfect. But once you go into like villages, then you're talking like potholes. Like every few meters is like potholes. Um, and the joke is that what side of the road do they drive on? They drive on the right side of the road, but I, just, I say that they drive on all sides of the road because the potholes, you need to like weave in and out of them, um, and it can be quite dangerous. Um, where was I going? So from there, we went down to Montezuma, beautiful waterfall. Um, then we went to Santa Teresa, um, which is... Another town, it's like a kind of a surfing town. It's one long strip. Um, that was a beautiful spot. Um, we did some surf lessons there. Um, the beach was beautiful. We rented an ATV or a quad bike there as well. Um, that was about, I think it was like $60 for the day. Um, that was really good. Um, it was a lot, obviously a lot easier than walking and we, we got to just explore ourselves. Um, it's also rainy season here, uh, which means everything is just beautiful and green and everything just grows so fast over here. It's sunny every single day in the morning and then it usually rains for maybe an hour or so in the afternoon and maybe once or twice a week you just get like very bad thunderstorms, lightning, which is cool to look at as well. Um, but some of the hostels that we stayed in, um, some of them were just literally just a room with a bed, which is fine because we were literally just going there to sleep. Um, but it wasn't too nice when the rain and thunder was just hitting the, the roof. Um, it made it hard to sleep. Um, but that's all part of the traveling experience. From Santa Teresa, we went to Nosara. Um, there was big talk about Nosara and uh, we got excited about it. So we said we'd stay seven days in Nosara. And um, we could have seen the whole place in maybe a day. Um, we did do some more surfing there though, and um, we had some time to chill out before the yoga course started as well. Um, from Nosara, we moved up about 15 kilometers, 15 to 18 kilometers up the road is where our 
yoga course um, was on. So it was on like in this little village called San Juanillo. And um, it's a small village, there's maybe like three restaurants, there's a football pitch or soccer pitch, and um, there is like two small, very small shops. Um, we were about a 20 minute walk outside of that village um, in San Juanillo, and um, we were in the jungle in um, Pura Veda. So, as I said, from Nosara to San Juanillo was about 15 to 18 kilometers, but it took us an hour. Um, a taxi, first of all, the taxi said it was going to cost $100 for that, like, 18 kilometers. Um, then we found out that we can get a, a tuk-tuk for $50, um, which is still, still expensive enough for the, for the trip. But we ended up getting a tuk, and it took us... It took, it took, took, took us um, about an hour to get there because the roads were so bad. We actually had to cross um, like a stream and then cross basically a river in the Tuk. Um, the Tuk driver, he had no English and we were trying to tell him we'll get out and we'll walk a lot across like the footbridge and then he can go through the river but he didn't really listen. He just told us to lift up our bags and lift up our feet and he just drove through the river. Um, so that was an experience. That was fun. Um, I must see if I have a video of that, actually, and I'll post it on my Instagram. Um, so then we got to San Juanillo, to the yoga course. Um, me and Karen, and there was two other girls in the house. Uh, we were staying about a 10-minute walk away from um, Pura Vida, and then the rest we're staying on campus on the yoga course. Um, when we got to Pure Vida, we had a welcome dinner first, um, where we just kind of a meet and greet. We just met everyone. We played some like games, uh, zip zap zap, which is a cool game. Um, different, just different kind of icebreaker games. Just got to know everyone, um, had a chat, and then we started. This, this is on the Thursday, and then on the Friday we started our... Uh, I don't know if you can hear that bird outside. He's very loud. I'm recording a podcast, bird. Um, that's the magic of Costa Rica. You never know what is going to come along, whether it's a lizard or a gecko or a bird or a dog or a cat. There's always something around, or a monkey, howler monkeys in the trees that I'll talk about in a while. Um, so... We started on the Thursday, we had our welcome dinner, just met everyone. There was 11 of us on the course, um, and we met the people who run the, the course. It's a beautiful, um, I'll tag them in the show notes, but I'll also, I've tagged them on my Instagram, but um, Pura Vida, P-U-R-A-V-E-D-A. Um, it's, they started it maybe two years ago, and... Since then, they've been doing yoga teacher trainings there, Ayurvedic um, cooking courses, archery courses, um, and retreats as well. So it's basically it's in the middle of the jungle. Um, they've cleared out a lot of it, and they've put different rooms. Um, you'll have like a choice of like a room or a tent, or we were like in the 
the like apartment kind of complex or apartments that were a 10 minute walk away um, just because, well, we were actually the last ones to book. So we had to go down there, which is okay. Um, I'll explain our um, daily schedule later on and I'll tell you why I felt that that 10 minute walk in the morning led to our advantage, was an advantage for us. Um, so as some of you know, I've done a yoga course before in India, so I am a fully qualified yoga teacher and I've been practicing, I've been teaching yoga for well over two years, almost coming on to three years now. Um, so why would I do another 200 hour teacher training? Well, this was a total different style of teacher training. So it was more Hatha yoga, which is kind of a more traditional style of yoga. It was also more Ayurvedic, so it comes from the, the Ayurvedic um, philosophy. So we learned lots about Ayurvedic cooking. All the meals were Ayurvedic meals. Um, I'll explain a bit more about that later as well. And Sido actually in the last podcast covered a small bit of that. Um, it it was it this this course obviously it was in Costa Rica. The last one was in India, so it was the other side of the world. There is that different cultural difference as well. Um, people are speaking Sp Spanish here, whereas in India they're speaking like there's loads of different languages. There's like Tamil or Kannada or Hindu. Um, so there was that. The people are different. Um, there was lots of Americans on this course. Um, there was actually nine Americans and then two Irish. So we were flying the flag for the Irish um, and I think we, we fl flew the flag well. Um, so with, with the course, we started every day at 6 a.m. in the morning, which meant we were actually up at maybe 5 a.m. every morning um, to get ready for a class, maybe have a shower before it. Uh, we wouldn't have breakfast because traditionally you don't have breakfast before you practice yoga and different pranayama techniques, which is different breathing techniques. You want to have an empty stomach. Um, if you do practice on a full stomach, you won't, one, you won't get the full benefit of it, and two, you might feel a bit sluggish or a bit ill after it as well. Uh, we just had either some warm or hot water with lemon or else just water before the practice. Um, we were actually awoken every single morning either by howler monkeys or by, um, there was actually two or three, I think, roosters that used to wake us up every morning. Uh, sometimes a bit too early, sometimes maybe four, and we needed that extra hour or hour and a half in bed. Um, which was a bit annoying sometimes. Um, so 6 until 8, we're on our mats at 6 a.m. till 8 a.m. We do yoga practice and the pranayama, the breathing practice. 8 until 9.30 was breakfast. So um, for breakfast, usually we'd have granola, um, we might have like this homemade bread that they made. They made a, a lot of their stuff on the property. Um, avocado. Uh, we had pan pancakes one time, which were unreal. Um, we'd have some, yeah, some granola with coconut milk, some oats. 
Um, all, the, all the food was vegetarian. And then at 9.30, we'd have class, um, 9.30 until 12. We would get a small 15-minute break in between that, where we'd get usually either tea, coconut water, um, some bananas or some pineapple, some fruit, sometimes a smoothie, um, something like that just to kind of tie us over until lunchtime. Then 12 o'clock came around and we had lunch. Lunch was usually rice, beans, falafels, hummus, zucchini, salad, um, all, again, all fresh, fresh food. Um, we'd be off until 2.30, so we'd have time to actually go back. Sometimes we'd go to the pool, sometimes we'd go to the beach, um, sometimes we'd just chill out and take a nap, um, whatever we were feeling on that day, and then maybe get some reading in as well, or I might listen to a podcast um, when I had the internet. Um, after lunch, we'd come back, we'd usually have more theory or asana lab where we'd break down the different poses in yoga. Um, so like we might break down like say a warrior two pose into what muscles are working, um, what's our foot alignment, what other adjustments can we make to somebody, um, if is somebody shorter or taller, what kind of changes might they have to make if somebody has an injury, they, all this sort of stuff that we'll be dealing with or that, that we deal with when we teach a class. So next time you go to a yoga class and maybe the teacher is telling you to go into, say, Warrior 2, and they're kind of looking around to see if your knee is straight or see if your knee is out to the side or, or what your feet are doing, then just remember they're trying to sort out 15 or 20 people's alignment right in front of them. So if they don't get around to you, it's not the end of the world. You can always ask them after, but they try to obviously make sure everyone is doing it correct and not going to be injured. So that's why we um, spent so much time looking at the different poses um, in yoga and the different postures and how we can change them to meet other people's needs. Um, so that was up until 5.30. Uh, we would get a little fruit break in the middle for 15 minutes as well. Then we would have dinner at roughly 6 p.m., we'd have dinner. Um, we would have some cleanup before that, so there was 11 of us on the course, and we each, every day, we just each picked a job. Job took like maybe five or 10 minutes. It might be clean up after dinner, sweep the yoga chalet, um, some, just something, it only takes like 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most, and um, that's how everyone kind of did their bit to keep the place tidy, which was nice. Um, dinner. I know I talk a lot about food here, but it is very important. Um, food would be rice, sometimes turmeric rice. We had curries, coconut curries, pasta with pesto, veggies, vegan cheese, meatless meatballs, lentils. We had loads of stuff. I'll put some more up on my Instagram as well because the food was very, very, very good there. Um, it was so good. And there you go back and do the course again just for the food. Um, and what the food did as well, it changed everyone. I think everyone there changed their digestion, um, even in the first few days. Um, like the first two days I was there, 
I didn't realize I was drinking so much coffee, but when you're in Costa Rica and they have some of the best coffee in the world, then you're going to drink um, at least two cups every day. So there was a small bit of withdrawal from the coffee. After about two days, uh, two day, first day and second day, I started getting headaches, and I just thought I was dehydrated, so I just kept drinking water, drinking water, and then after two days, they were just gone, and then I realized, oh yeah, it's probably the coffee, because I was drinking more than I normally would. I'd normally have maybe one cup a day back home, and here I was having two or three, so they all did add up, and then when I just stopped at cold turkey, then I was obviously going to have some withdrawal symptoms. Um, so everyone did see a body, a change in their body over the three weeks. Um, it was noticeable. Um, I actually, I didn't get to weigh myself until we joined the gym here down the road and have lost three kilos since I got here. Um, so that's pretty good uh, because I did put on weight before I got here. So it is even better. Um, so with eating as well in Ayurvedic um, and in the course what we did was we'd eat in silence it might sound a bit strange but what we were trying to do was promote mindful eating this mindful eating was we'd get our food we'd sit down some people would um, say a prayer some people would say a mantra some people would just give thanks, some people would even reiki their food, um, just basically to give thanks for the food that you're about to eat. Um, and this goes back to even when the food was being prepared in the, in the kitchen, they would like soak their beans overnight, they'd soak the rice, um, everything would be fresh, everything would be, each meal would be made that day, so there'd be no leftovers, there's no like Oh, we had the curry last night, so we'll have it again for lunch. Everything was made fresh um, every day by the kitchen. Um, and that, that's in Ayurvedic. So they say that the food loses its, its prana, like its, its energy or its life, if it's reheated or frozen um, or left like overnight, that it kind of it spoils a small bit. And that's, that was the idea behind that. The idea behind eating in silence was the mindful eating. So you would take a bite, maybe even put down your fork, and it would give you time to digest your food. We should all be doing this anyway, um, but we're usually like watching telly or talking to somebody and just shoveling food into our mouth. Um, so that's something that I've taken away from the course as well to just slow down when I'm eating. I know I knew it already and everyone knows they should eat slower, chew their food and enjoy it, enjoy the taste of it. Um, but sometimes we need that reminder and that's, that was an eye opener the last three weeks. And it's kind of strange as well if you have 11, 12, 13, maybe 14 people sitting down for dinner and nobody's saying anything. It, it does take a bit of getting used to at the start by the end of say two or three days, um, then we were just, we were pros at it. We were just sitting down, we looked at our food, we got time to eat our food without distraction. Um, we did get distracted sometimes because there was uh, like a monkey or 
a lizard or a hummingbird or a cat or a dog or something that would run past, but that was really the only distractions. Um, that, or maybe mosquitoes as well. They were probably the biggest distraction over the whole three weeks. Um, so it, it really does make you think um, that it's something that we should all be doing, that we shouldn't just throw on the telly or watch something on YouTube or scroll endlessly through our phone while we're eating. We should just put the phone aside. It's going to take you, what, five or ten minutes to eat something or should take you longer. But, like, you're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen if you don't look at your phone while you're eating. Um, you're not going to miss anything. Um, and if you do miss a call or whatever, you can call them back. It doesn't matter. Um, so spe And especially if you are working, so if you're working and you get 15 minutes for your break, I know sometimes that's the only time you can actually look at your phone, but it's better off to just put the phone away and just detox from that, detox from the work, and actually enjoy your food. Um, another interesting thing, I think Ciro mentioned it last week as well, is when you're eating, that when you burp, uh, that you should stop eating your food. That that's kind of your body's sign, um, your body's signal to say, okay, I'm full now, I have enough food, which is an interesting one that I didn't take too much notice of before they said it at the start of the course, or they said it, I think, maybe the first evening. I think we were all very hungry that evening and we were probably burping. And they said, do you know, if you burp, um, it's actually your body's way of saying, okay, I'm, I'm full now, I don't need any more food. Uh, so if you are trying to lose weight... If you are trying to improve your digestion, improve your gut health, then eating until you burp and then stopping is probably one of the best ways to go. Also, mindful eating as well. You're going to eat less food. Your digestion is going to be better. Uh, your gut health is going to be better, which means your life is going to be better. And it's free as well. You're going to eat food anyway, so why not eat it slower and enjoy it? Um... Yeah, so that was the food. Food was amazing. I'll post it on my Instagram. Um, because of that, the ener my energy level energy levels, I think, were higher, even though we had long days. Like, we were up at 5 o'clock most mornings, even before it sometimes, and um, we didn't get back until 8, probably 8 most nights, and then we'd just go to bed. Um then because it's I know it sounds late or sounds early but it was late for us um it also gets dark here at about six o'clock so then once it gets dark it gets pitch dark there's no dusk over here like in Ireland it goes dusk for like what a half an hour 40 minutes sometimes here it's just like somebody turned the lights out it's crazy um so it didn't really feel the need for coffee after the first day or two after my coffee headaches it kind of just went away it was more just maybe one or two days I was feeling a bit tired I was like oh I'd like a cup of coffee now or um or whatever but after the coffee headaches went away then I was good I was detoxed from the coffee um we did have different teas there we had like hibiscus tea um lemon and ginger tea all that they made as well on the property, grown and made on the property. 
Um, so that's basically what all the food, it's what a day looked like. Um, they also had archery at uh, Pura Vida as well. Pura Veda. Um, maybe I should explain that name as well. So Pura Vida is the name of the yoga course and Pura Vida is basically the na national saying of Costa Rica. So everyone in Costa Rica says Pura Vida. You can go, hola, Pura Vida. Um, hello, Pura Vida, goodbye, Pura Vida. Um, do you want a beer, Pura Vida? Did you enjoy your dinner, Pura Vida? Anything. So they just say Pura Vida for everything. And that's where they got the name Pura Veda. It's a mix between Pura Vida and um, they got the Veda from the Vedas which are like basically an ancient Indian, <coughs> excuse me, an ancient Indian text from like three, 5,000 years ago maybe. And that's where they got the name. So I think it's cool that they put the, the two names together um, and they got their Pura Veda. So I just want to go into what I learned from my three weeks, my yoga teacher training, 200 hours in three weeks. So as you can imagine, it is um, fairly intense. Um, there is a lot of hours to cover. There's a lot of subjects to cover. Um, and I did learn loads. <coughs> Excuse me. I learned, I think I had lost touch with yoga with real yoga um, for a few months. I had been teaching it, but I haven't really been taking time for my own practice. My own practice might be, I'll throw on like a YouTube video for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, um, just to basically get moving to help my mobility so I could go, maybe go to the gym or so I could clear up some of the injuries that I have or that I had as well. But I didn't have that motivation to go a bit deeper with my knowledge. Um, I had left the breath work or the pranayama to the side a small bit and I just kind of focused on just doing like these quick flows. I just have oh, 15 minutes there, I'll just go and do a quick yoga flow on YouTube or something. Although if that's perfect, that's good. It got my body moving, it got me motivated again. Um, in between work or whatever, it was like a little movement break. It's not the real essence of yoga. It is a great way to get started as well. If you are uh, looking to get started with yoga and you just don't know where to start, you don't really want to go to a class or anything, there is loads of YouTube videos out there on my YouTube as well. Sean Power, Sean Power Fitness is my YouTube channel. Uh, check that out as well. I'll put it in the show notes or you'll see it in my link tree in my bio on Instagram as well. My Instagram will also be in the show notes. Um, you can check out some of my YouTube videos as well. I also have some mindfulness um, videos on there as well. Uh, so what I wanted to get, what, what I learned from this or what I wanted to get from this was to deepen my knowledge and to get that motivation or that fire back. Um, I needed to deepen my knowledge about 
the Vedas, the Bhagavad Gita, and other teachings as well. Since the course, I have been reading the Bhagavad Gita and also listening to um, different podcasts about the stories of the Gita as well and the Vedas. Um, and it goes way back. You're never going to get through them all, but it is very interesting. Um, and I think things come along. And I think that these books, these teachings, these courses, they come along when you need them, that they find you. I always thought that about books because I've had books that I've maybe bought years ago and that I didn't even look at that I thought, oh yeah, that'd be cool, I'll read that, and I just haven't read them. And then two years later, three years later, then I'd just see it on the shelf at home, and I'd pick it up and just start reading it. And when I tried to read it before, that it just didn't mean anything to me. It just, um, it just, didn't, it just didn't talk to me. But then now when I picked it up, then it spoke to me. So I think that happens with books, that they, they speak to you. Um, another thing that I learned from the course was that keeping and giving space for yourself and for others is very important. So it is important to keep space for yourself, have your own space. Um, even if you have a family or in a relationship or whatever, it is important to take even five minutes for yourself, go out for a walk, whatever it is just to take that time for yourself, um, to journal. If you're not into that, you can even like write some thoughts on notes on your phone or something. You can write an email to yourself. There's loads of different uh, ways of doing that. It's just to get it out of your head. That's what I find what I do sometimes, especially late at night, if I'm thinking, if I'm worried about something, whatever it is, what am I going to do tomorrow or next week? Then I write down, right, tomorrow I have to do X, Y, and Z. And then that just gets it out of my head. Write down anything, how I felt, whatever, and just gets it out of my head, and then I can sleep soundly most of the time anyway. Um, but that goes with giving yourself space. And also on the flip side, giving other people space as well. Sometimes people might come on too strong, or you might come on too strong, and almost scare people away. So make sure you're giving yourself space, make sure you're giving other people space as well, which is very important. Um, meeting new people on the course as well and getting to know them, like it's basically like we've been friends for years. Um, and that's something that comes with the space that Pura Vida gave to us. Um, the, the group just gelled really well. We had such a laugh on the course. Um, everyone was from different backgrounds. They were there for different reasons. Um, but we all got on so well. Um, just people from different sides of the country, basically America, and us, the two Irish, over from the other side of the world. Um, but we still gelled really well, and yoga brought us all together. Yoga means union, and it really did unite us. Um, so I'm very grateful to met them, very special people, and I consider them good friends now, even though only met them, even though only met them what three weeks ago, almost like three and a half weeks ago now, um, it's like we knew each other with years that we just gelled so well. Um, 
I think that, again, it goes back to the space that we were in. So the space that they created in the jungle, um, the space that we had in the chalet, that it was just our group there. There was no other groups going on at the same time. You could have shouted at the top of your lungs if you wanted, um, and no one would hear you, um, maybe somebody in the village. But that the space that they gave us and the environment that they created and that we created as well, that it just made everyone feel comfortable. Um, it was a free space to share whatever feelings you wanted without being stupid, without being uncomfortable, without being afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, you were free to express your own opinions and to be challenged as well, which is, which is important. Um, so that was my experience, my yoga teacher training. Um, from, from now, we are staying in Costa Rica for another six weeks, I think, and then we will have to go to Nicaragua because we have to leave within 90 days or our visa will expire. Um, so that's why we have to leave the country, but we're excited to see what the next few weeks will, will hold, the next few months. Um, for now, we're in Playa del Coco, which is a beautiful beachside town. We're about um, like a 10-minute cycle from the actual town and about a three-minute cycle from the beach. Um, it's beautiful here. Um, really like it. There's lots of nice restaurants, um, lots of nice gyms, lots of nice like just beautiful scenery all around. So um, yeah, we're going to see what we can do from here. Um, I'll have some more podcasts coming in the next few weeks as well, and I'll have some very special guests. <coughs> Excuse me. On the next, um, on the next podcast, I'm going to try and get some more yogis on um, to talk about their experience, maybe of their teacher training um, of how yoga maybe changed your life. If um, Talk more about any aspects of yoga. If you have any um, ideas of which way you wanted the podcast to go, what direction, what guests you want on, please let me know. I'm going to try and keep the yoga guests on for the next few weeks just because I'm in this frame of mind. And then I have a few um, personal trainers and coaches lined up as well to come on over the next few weeks and months. So, any, as I said, any ideas, any topics, please, please let me know. And if you are enjoying the podcast, then please see the link um, below in the show notes. Also, link is in my bio of my Instagram. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, then you can. Um, you just go to the link in the bio, and it'll say, buy Sean a coffee or buy me a coffee. And um, you can buy me a coffee if you... If you want to buy me a coffee, or maybe I'll spend it on a beer. Um, beer and coffee are... Actually, I think coffee is more expensive over here than beer. So whichever one you, one you want to buy me, I will not object. Um, thanks a million to everyone. Um, and I'll see you in the next episode. Namaste.